On today's show, we have Gudo, the CMO of Hather Network. We're going to discuss details about the project, funding, team, and token, along with any plans on the roadmap. Gudo, let's start by giving us some background about yourself, please. Sounds good. I think this is the first time that I actually enjoying like a video podcast, so it's a mix of like a super excited, a little bit nervous. So I hope I can do the best over here. So my name is Guto. I was born and uh, raised in Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro, and now I'm back to Rio de Janeiro after a long time. So my story is like I graduated a long time before. I worked for a long time in music festivals. Then I stopped doing that. Then I moved to Berlin, which was seven years ago. And back then in Berlin, when I was over that time that I heard about this strange thing called uh, Bitcoin, right? I used to freelance when I got over there, like as a project manager, slash marketing manager as well for a few startups. Berlin has this such a nice, vibrant, how can I say, like a tech, much more than a tech, actually, like a blockchain scene. So you have like companies, Polkadot is based over there, Gnosis. There's also this co-working space that is built by Gnosis, actually called Polnode. That a lot of people that are actually thinking about like, what is Web3? What can on Web3? And uh, you have like designer, UX designers, developers, as I said, like parity technology, also other centrifuge. I don't know how to spell very well their name, but it's a super good project. I love what they're doing right now. And this was the moment that actually started to look at blockchain from another perspective, right? Like what actually these people are building over there. Time goes by. I started to learn more and more about the scene over there, like going to meetups, things like the Betcon was super cool. It was like this conference held by Gnosis, which led me to get together with the people from the Berlin Blockchain Week. After that, like I was managing one of the biggest conferences during that year, which was like we had what's called Decentral, was just a one edition, unfortunately, run by this uh, investment fund from Berlin called 1KX. So the things was running super well, like getting back to that, I started to freelance, know more about blockchain, then to the point that I started to hang out with the guys from the EFL, became the Department of Decentralization. And I think that was the point that actually I said, like, hey, I'm actually working hands-on on the building of the blockchain. So it was really cool to see, like, even when I look back to like, uh, some of the events that I held, or was part, like, you could see, like, the moment that Luna, for example, from Terra, they were, like, still, like, a seed stage, and, like, a 20, they spoke at the events that I held. They were like at the time, I think the token was not so, and right now I have no idea how much it cost, but I know the market cap is gigantic. <laughs> There's same with like projects like uh, AOE, Decentral as well. Like we had Tezos, we had like so many projects. Tezos was already big, was after the lawsuit. But yeah, I've been here for quite a long. And then back in November last year was the moment I came back to Brazil. I came over here to stay with my girlfriend, she's Brazilian as well. I'm part of a DAO called uh, the Kama DAO. And over there, I met someone who was one of the advisors from Hathor. And uh, a little bit later, they asked me to join the team, which I've been there like for almost a year right now. It started in November last year. And it's quite a ride, like being like a marketing manager in like an strategy in the blockchain space. So this is my story. And then can can go a little bit more or less with this like this. Do you think joining DAOs is almost like the new college kind of where you, you could kind of participate in these community-like events and ultimately build relationships that are going to lead to what you invest in or what you do as a job? It's funny that you said this. Most of the people who are building on working on DAOs, they come exactly with the same speech, that, with the same talk that you said right now. 
about like joining a group or a fraternity or whatever. We tried to do a DAO back with the Department of Decentralization in Berlin, which was the East Berlin, like this. Uh, we were running events or hackathons and getting money because of that, like getting sponsored, like the guys from the team. And I was just one supporter, even though I'm one of the signatories. But it, I do see, like, you join a DAO, and I see this, for example, Kama DAO right now, uh, we are not like a token based anymore. So right now we are NFTs. So I think, uh, for example, it's kind of like a bad, you know, the DAOs, I'm not sure if they're going to be like those groups that you're going to hang out together for a long time, but at least it's going to be like a, a badge that you carry for some short time, for example. I think they're super interesting. I think like, for example, there's one that I think it's really cool. It's with benefit. I'm not part of this DAO, but I know that the guys who, who run the DAO, they have like this super focus on like, I don't know if it's like a good comparison, but we want to be the next Soho house from somehow. And I think this is a really good approach because not all DAOs have to be about uh, finance or like uh, an investment DAO, which is like 90% of them are right now. Karma is not probably going to become time like an investment group as well. We had some investment rounds over there, but it's focus of the Karma DAO itself. Yeah, I, I think they, they're super interesting. And in the future, it's, uh, it's just like those video game clans, you know, like you go play Counter-Strike or whatever and you join a clan and you're going to be joining DAOs because DAOs are going to give you like access to something new. What was the problem Hathor Network was trying to solve that intrigued you to join? So this is a super good question. The first thing that actually made me join Hathor, and I think was the right guy for the position, Hathor was a blockchain that was built by a Brazilian team. So we have this thing of the language barrier, right? And the group, actually, the guys from Hathor, they know each other for, I don't know, like probably 15 years, they know each other. They started together, they studied on the military school here in Brazil, which is a top-notch engineering school, like where the best, it's hard to get, it's hard to leave the school as well. After graduating, Marcelo, who was the founder of Hathor, went to do some ventures and also then he became CEO from a, a company. So he brought those guys who were younger than him to work with them. Time goes by, like they developed this kind of like super big connection, like they work together. Like uh, years later, Marcelo discovered his PhD thesis on distributed ledger systems. And one of them is like a, the main focus of this was scalability. So what happens is 2017 or 18, we released the PhD thesis that somehow turns to be the, the white paper from Hathor Network, which was the problem that he would solve. First is the scalability, of course. Like I remember that he always says that he went to the Crypto Valley, this conference back uh, in Switzerland, in this uh, small place called Zug. And when he got over there, there was like, I think it was part of Hato back then, but he told me that he told us all the time that there was like 20 something projects, ideas. And there was just one project over there pitching scalability, which was Avalanche. And the founder was pitching and then Marcelo had a talk with him. And then he realized like a lot of people are coming up with a lot of solutions, but not everyone is talking about actually scalability over there. So there's a market, there's a, there's a product that can be fit in this market. And then it connects a lot to what Hato actually is. We have this tagline that uh, we started to work not so long ago before that was out of a, a few weeks, a few months actually of research that is uh, blockchain made easy. So what is Hato in a nutshell? We have the network and at the same time we have the labs. When Marcelo was starting to build actually the Hato labs, the labs is a, a foundation, it works in a foundation in a sense that we are responsible for 
developing the tools of the, and doing the mess of the network itself, right? But also we do consulting for big companies. And he was still on the prototype phase and he was doing companies like medium size and saying, hey, I have a solution that actually you, you can use blockchain. What happened, like Marcelo went to talk with these guys, like usually these decision makers, and they came always with the same three problems. There was like, first, I don't understand what blockchain is. Second one, blockchain is too complicated for my company to use over here. And the third one was like, okay, I do understand what it is, but it's super expensive for me to hire a developer or a development team to implement blockchain on my company. So then Marcelo came up with this structure that is a Wahato network, which is a blockchain. It's way easier to use than other chains. I always like to give this example. I heard from someone, it's not something that I 100% agree, but this like a little bit. Someone else called us the WordPress from blockchain. And then they like, we're built on top of this something that's called the Pareto. Well, probably you heard about like a 80% of the use cases that a blockchain as a solution can be solved with 20% of the tools that exist out there. You know, for this 20% that we cannot solve, it's better for you to do it somewhere like Ethereum or something else. So Hato is probably one of the blockchains that you can plug and play. And we decided since the beginning to offer this easy tokenization tool. So pretty much you can grab yourself your phone. This was the first thing that we wanted to tell people like you can create a token over here using the, the phone. That's a, one of the use cases that I like the most on Hacker Network. This guy, uh, it's a barber from the North East in Brazil. And he pretty much, he created his own token using the Hacker Wallet. And uh, he's using it as a cash break program in uh, his barber shop. And it's working like for him. And he's just using this token. It's a digital solution that like, nobody can uh, make like a fake tokens or whatever over there. And then he, it's working for him all the time. It's one a, a simple use case, but it's one of them that I like the most. That's definitely very interesting. I mean, is there, while we're on the use cases, I mean, is there any other ones that people can relate to that you could come up with? Well, there's a lot of people right now, NFTs right now. I like on the community side that people like to just come over and start to build. Like yesterday was released, two days ago actually was released. Uh, we have like a meme coin, Hato, that was created just like using the, our wallet. That is like they're called the Kator and they are the proof of meme coin over there. So it's super fun. But there is a few used a little bit more complex that I think are really, really cool. So right now we are working on, uh, there's a use case that's going to come out end of October, more or less. It's a company here in Brazil called Databoy. So pretty much what these guys do is they created a facial recognition app for livestock, for cows. And so what they offer is like a, a solution for like a small farms. I'm not very good inside the business model yet, how they're sorting this, this thing. Like uh, they're still like on the discovery phase, I would say right now. But they are using like the, what they're doing, like they're tokenizing each one of the animals from this farm in Brazil. Like there's a lot of like people stealing each other's cattle and stuff. So this way you can have some kind of a license plate in this animal. And the idea is in the future, like uh, if you have a camera, somewhere where the, the cows live or whatever, you can see, you check if this animal is still crossing, if it's over there, like it's attached to a thing in the, in the blockchain, like a token in this, in this case. And in the future as well, they plan to turn this into an finite, which means the tokens are going to be investable 
so people can buy the token and you can invest more in the production of whatever will come over there, either like being milk or like selling so not very vegan friendly. Definitely some interesting use cases. Are you seeing anything from more of the enterprise, you know, or larger companies? Or are you just seeing more adoption and applications from the smaller businesses? A bigger one is uh, we have this team that work with us. They call themselves HTRFVT. So it's kind of like Hato Federation. They are like a group of people that started with us, like along that they are not part of the Hato Labs, but they work side by side with us on the development of the protocols and tools. And right now they have one very good use case, workforce management, that is going to be used in a country that I unfortunately cannot disclosure for workforce management that's going to be using blockchain and it's going to be using Hato as a solution as well, if all goes well. What's the criteria that a group like that needs to meet or see in order to use Hather Network versus another blockchain? So why they chose Hather instead of blockchain? According to Chris, and uh, Chris is the, the founder over there, and he's one of the, the guys who have the more conversations about strategy and so on. When he decided to build a, to start using a solution that actually had to do with blockchain, uh, not like a, just like a closed database, was first uh, he wanted to make sure that this chain is going to exist in the last in the next uh, 10, 20 years, 30 years from now. And what makes it goes like when, in case like what happens if everyone shut down the machines, for example, like it can't work anymore. So he was sure that this was an important topic for him. Connect to us like we are merged mining coin, which means like Hathor actually we don't have like mining connected directly to us, but we are connected to the Bitcoin network. So just like Dogecoin is merged mining with Litecoin, we are merged mining with Bitcoin. We use the Bitcoin in a sense. We put a few K bytes of data, and I can send you later this video that uh, explain a little bit more about how our, we solve the scalability issue and how we use different approach to transaction because of the DAG structure that we have. Just like uh, in a sense, like we are, we looked a lot of where IOTA failed, probably you heard about IOTA. We use like whatever they failed over there, we used to bring this inside of us, blockchain DAGs at the same time. We're not a pure blockchain and we are not a pure DAG as well. It's a more complex structure between the two of them. Use the blocks from Bitcoins, you put a few K bytes inside. Well, how do you guys continue to increase scalability and be maybe more competitive to other chains such as Solana or Phantom AVAX? We like to say that... Uh, this for me like a good explanation about Hato. It's like everything that can be done on Hato, everything that we do inside Hato can be done at the same time in Ethereum. Everything that's on us, we can do Ethereum, we need a Solana, which are the tokenization, and uh, the contracts we're gonna have the nano contract soon. But at the same time, everything on Ethereum cannot be done on Hato. So Ethereum has more tools than we do. That's why we're kind of I kind of agree when people say that it's like comparison between apple and android even though i don't like it that much but it's kind of like that like if you want to have like more possibilities of writing more for example look at the maker DAO, for example if you if you were able to read a smartphone and see how crazy it is the i try to read once i'm not a developer at all but i try to understand what is the the maker what are these maker contracts they're super hyper complex and um was something that I stopped reading like after two minutes, but it was a, a fun experience. That's it. This is the kind of thing like super complex stuff that's not going to be able to be done in Hato. What we propose is another approach. 
like the things that I said that people can do in Ethereum as well, at the same time that they do on Hatu, we're going to do it in a way that's cheaper, easier. And if it doesn't work on Hatu, you can tokenize using Hatu and how to create bridges with those other chains. So, for example, let's think about like in the future. It's on our roadmap, speaking of which, something that's going to start by the end of the year, but we are working towards bringing bridges. So if something cannot be done on Hathaway, you just can move this token straight Or maybe you can build a solution and another change that somehow is going to connect your Hathaway. So we don't go this road of the Ethereum killer. That's not what we do. Even though it's super funny, like you see all this tribalism in blockchain and people sometimes uh, go to Twitter and say, like, Hathaway is going to kill you. Hatter is going to kill Solana. <laughs> guys, I never said that. Like, we don't want that. We like we a totally different proposal. Like, even the use cases that are being built on high now, they are not this self-fulfilling use case. You see a lot of people right now build use cases for DeFi. So it's always for this niche. We are giving this option for other companies. There are other use cases from blockchain other than like just putting some um, USDT tokens out there and writing some contracts, which is really cool. I think it's amazing, love. But there are also other people that need like a simple solution. Just like I need a token attached to this dog to avoid counterfeiting inside my company. And this is another use case. You asked me, this is about a big that I know that uh, that they are working with us. I don't know which stage it is, this thing, but they are creating like a solution because they realized that they were losing like a lot of money because of employees being able to falsify or change things. So right now they are tokenizing the documents that go inside the platform. I'm not the technical way to explain you how it is. It was simple what they said, like the, they were losing a million. So in their minds was like, if we create a project right now that the return of investment is somehow, I don't know if I spend like a 500 to implement this thing, I have like 500,000 of money saved. It's worth from Joe to stop doing what they want to do or what they they have to do right now and implement this this thing over there. So there are other use cases, blockchain that is not like a peer-to-peer or maybe DeFi. And uh, that's what we we are aiming to do. Can you explain what are the mining pools? The mining pools. So we have uh, right now a partnership going with F2Pool. Not sure if you heard about them, but F2Pool used to be the third biggest Bitcoin mining pool. They are still like quite big, but after the Chinese government started to break down the independent miners in the China, especially in the Inner Mongolia, these miners are still like paying to places like Texas. Like, like many of them moved over there, over here to the South America as well, in the area between Argentina, Paraguay, and Brazil, that you have like this, the waterfalls over there for providing cheap and clean energy. That's what happened right now. So a mining pool... Right now, it's super complicated and it's almost impossible for someone to mine Bitcoin solo. So what means is you connect your mining rigs or your facility to this pool, have like more hash power. In a sense, you get more paid and this, this is distributed among the members of the mining pools. And as I said, like we are partners right now with FTPool. This is the only one that's official in ours, even though anyone who mines Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin ABC, I don't even know like all of them, Right now, also Dash as well. They can jump inside this pool and also mine on the side and free for like a minimum for them, like a, the expenses with energy are super, super low. 
That's interesting. How many people are you know on the team driving the success of all this project? Right now on Hathor, we are 17 people and growing. End of last year, we were probably like six people. And right now, uh, in a year, it was like we did a 3x. And there's a few members coming out next month as well to start working with us. So I think probably we're going to end the year like somewhere close to 25, 27. I was in between like all the departments, right? We have the tech department, which is led by Marcelo. Uh, Jan is, our, uh, is one of the founders and our CEO as well. So he's the one who oversees the whole operation, a marketing and communications team with designers and also social media content producing. And also we do have a community team, which is like a community manager. And also those guys, are, I don't count as members of the team, but we have community leads right now for several countries or regions, like Hato in Portuguese, Hato in Russia, and so on. So is it all the those community members that increase awareness to the project and also help assist in building out the community through the multiple, you know, Discord channels or whatever it may be? Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Like a community, it's as I said, like it's super funny this thing of the the whole tribalism that exists in crypto, which I don't see that much. Like we are fighting each other, but we have a lot of community members that are are all haven't seen this much in other. Uh, layer one so far, like maybe they exist as well. We have a lot of content producers. We have a lot of people who are not only influencers saying like, hey, Hato is the best, but actually they do understand uh, our product since the beginning. We had a, since the beginning, we've been working in a way that we're trying to teach people the importance of what they do, the value proposition on Hato, so they understand what. And we have a, right now something that's for me is like fantastic, which are the use cases coming out from the community. So as I said, like there are the NFT platforms that they were built like by community members that are developers as well. And they found over there on Hato that maybe that was the place for them to release the, the NFTs that they had in mind. At the same time, there's a few use cases that are working with Turkish community team. Koray, who's the leader, is working with us super close about a few things that we want to do. And it has a few ideas as well. So this is the turning point for me. When it comes to the community, people actually not being just in this awareness phase that is like, hey, this project is amazing. But uh, actually they're taking uh, protagonism and they're actually pushing the project. Hey, Mahato is great because of this and that. And by the way, I want to build something over here or I want to connect with this client that I know to start to a solution over there. So it's pretty exciting what's happening on our community right now. So have you guys raised capital and... If so, was that utilized to build out the development of the project? So we did two capital raises right now, two or three years ago, let's say, when Marcelo was finishing the thesis and thinking, I know that they did like a very, very tiny raise. I don't know the price of Hato at the time. I don't know the amount of money that was raised, but to be honest, was super small, was something like just idea, like a kind of pre-seed round. And we have one fundraising in November, or uh, November last year, when I started to work on Hato, was shortly after it started, we had our first public sale, which led by TRGC Capital. It's a company led by uh, Etienne, who is a super good uh, friends with Hato and still to this day give us a lot of help when it comes to development. Just as well, he's a great guy and one of the, the I would say, like the most prominent investors in the 
in the crypto universe, not only in Ethereum, but also in other chip. And he saw as well in Hato something that he wanted to invest in. He led the round, which had some other funds as well. Like from the top of my mind, I remember Alphabit, which is based in London. And I know that those guys were part of it. Well, that's good. I appreciate that. We have a few minutes left for our time here. So why don't we hit a little bit on the HCR token and what its purpose is and also how Hather drives revenue for the protocol. Mm-hmm. The token itself, HDR is just like a regular like each one. A token is a token, right? We follow actually the standard is Ethereum, I forgot the number of the token, but we follow the same stuff over there. What happens is on Hather, we, as I said, like the first tool that we provided is this easy tokenization tool like uh, you can use your phone or your desktop to build your own token, like to distribute for friends, whatever you want to do with this token. So we we work with this proportion that with one HTR, you can issue a hundred units of your custom token. So for example, if I want to issue right now a thousand Gutos token and send to you, I have to put these tokens on a lock. So we don't burn, we just lock them. You use them as you want. And if you don't want this anymore, you just tokens back, you melt them and you get your collateral back. So this is the structure that we have here. And this is actually this model is based as well. So we have a treasury of ours of the tokens that are like, we don't sell them. We did the race that has like revenue for us to run for quite a long time for now. We have an inflation on Hathor, which is around 6% a year right now. So we are still on the second halving period of Hathor. Last year, when we started, we had like 64 Hathors being issued by per block. And we are issuing 32. It's half of what it was before. And our business right now is actually finding and co-developing and doing as well MVPs and also doing proofs with this big company. So in a sense, they take these tokens out of the market and we have a deflation of the circulation supply. This is how we work right now. So basically, the more projects that launch, the more tokens that get locked up. Exactly. This is how we work right now. Our tokenomics is based on that, taking the tokens out of the circulation supply. Got it. So, you know, that leads into like our final question that we always have is how will the value and utility of the token rise with adoption over the years to come? This is a good question, actually. It's one that I ask myself as well. How is going to be the impact of, for example, if someone wishes to issue a stable coin on Hathor right now? Just think about that right now that you have like a circulating supply of, I don't know, like 10 billion debtors on uh, USDTs on Hathor right now. That means you're going to have to take away like a huge, even knowledge calculator, like a million Hathor needs to be taken out of the market so you can issue these tokens out there. So it's pretty interesting to think like uh, we have some discussions as well. It's just like a, this is uh, the thing that we're going to see, like the more use cases coming, the more tokens are going to be needed. This is a model that's been proven to work until now, but in the future, let's see. We're always up to change. The protocol should not be some kind of monolith. This is a protocol. It's a part of all the the pieces that are part of this this whole structure. All right. Well, I appreciate sharing all that today, Gudo. Where should people go to learn more about the Hathor Network? To learn more about Hathor, I would say uh, first thing, to do is like, of course, visit our website. There are two articles on our medium publication, which are the 
Part one, and also what is explaining what mining is and how we make the transactions free and how is architecture work as well. Also visit our youth and come mingle with us in the in our Discord channel. If you're a developer, for example, there's a lot of cool things happening over there. Especially we have a rising gaming. We we started lots so of long ago. One of our community members developed like integration between token and Unity which is one of the biggest video game tools. Like uh, They are kind of like the Unreal Engine for indie developers as well. And now we are getting as well inside the Unreal Engine. So if you're a developer, come over, join. There's a lot of technical discussion going on that it's been pretty interesting, intensive as well. And you can always hit me up as well. Like I'm sometimes I'm hanging on the Telegram or Discord as well. <laughs> That's awesome, Guido. Thank you for coming out today. I appreciate it.